Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So today's episode, ladies, we have Mary Beth Cutshaw. She has extensive experience in hospitality. And what I loved about today's episode is we got into really how to prepare yourself to invest internationally. We hear that a lot in our community about women wanting to do that, but how do you set yourself up for success? And what I think was great with today's episode is she goes through her criteria and she set herself up for success specifically and also then actually get a project underway and in movement and in redevelopment and how she chose the market, the area, the deal. So I think you're going to enjoy today's episode immensely. And she comes from a hospitality business. Uh, she has over $1.3 B, B billion dollar <laughs> under her belt in uh, hospitality business syndication. And I, I like when she said about scaling, going big is not always better. And she talks about her project in Portugal, this small boutique hotel, and how she intentionally chose to invest in it because now it's aligned more with where she is in her life. So I think we are going to relate a lot with Mary Beth on this episode. Enjoy. Before we get into Mary Beth's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investhercon.com and use the promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. We do that day in and day out. We're embarking on almost our five-year anniversary, by the way, Andressa, of our show, mm -hmm. which is very exciting. No longer a toddler. I know we are no longer a toddler. We have a kindergartner. Um, Mary Beth, thank you so much for being here on our show. Uh, so excited to jump into uh, your story and all the neat things you have going on in terms of investing. And I know you're doing investing locally. You're doing it internationally, which is what we'll be chatting with you about. So thank you for being here. And thanks for sharing some time with us and our audience. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Good stuff. So we always like to get connected to all of you wonderful women and men who who certainly listen to our show and follow along uh, this journey, because it is a journey, right? Andres, we always say that it's a journey of, of financial freedom on, on your own terms. So uh, we'd like to kind of share something quick with you, something quick, a little tip, 
something that's coming up for us. So what, what's happening for you, Andressa? Mm-hmm. So we are all investors. Can we agree with that? <laughs> We're all investors. And um, this night, I didn't have a good night. And I kind of like woke up not feeling that I had like eight hours of sleep. Yes, uh, I I do aim for eight to ten. That's That's what my brain needs. And then I was thinking, I need to reset my brain or bypass my brain because that's I can't carry that energy throughout the day. I have a long day. I have exciting things uh, going on. So how can I do that? And I said, well, what do I do with properties? I add value to them. I invest time in that, right? So I was like, well, I'm going to take myself out and invest on my biggest asset. It's me. So I took myself to my favorite coffee shop, which I really love being there for different reasons, not just for the cappuccino and the most delicious uh, chocolate croissant that I've ever ate in my entire life, but also the conversations that I hear on both sides. There's something about it. There's something about being in a coffee shop that really reset my brain or bypass my brain and I start working super fast as if I am in a freaking zone, right? I am productive. I am quick thinking. I got creative ideas. I know what's going on. I always start coaching uh, the, 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 uh, team does not surprise me me (laughs) that start asking the guy about financial advice and they're all thinking like corporate and all of that and just like boy you're 16 you're 16 right try new things not because your dad was in finance they need to be in finance like this is what you really want i don't look like god stop <laughs> let's think about what you want right and different things. The woman next to me was complaining to her husband that she's in meetings all day. And then her boss, can, she can have it. I was like, why are you speaking up? Why are you, why are you telling him? Tell your boss that. And I think it's a solid, you know, thing. Anyway, I was in all those conversations. But one thing that I got a lot of done in an hour that I invested in myself. It might not think, think like that, but I did. And when I got out of it and it was driving my my way home to prepare for this meeting, my brain was in another vibration. I was not feeling that I I, I was in this stuck moment. I shift the energy. And I encourage all of you that are listening to figure it out. What works for you? What is it? Is it in the morning? Is it at night? Is it in your couch? Is it in your coffee shop? Is it after the gym? What is it that that you can get into that zone that will really connect you with your true self and you can really feel productive? So days that you are feeling off is off of alignment. So how can you get back to it? And you start with being aware that you are off, right? And then how can you get back to it? The, the only way that I would recommend is trying new things and see how you feel, how you react to it. And, and that's what it's all about, right? And I got back, I was like, I'm so excited about t- today's interviews that, that we're interviewing very, very inspiring women and uh, intentional women, right? Um, when, I, when we connected with Mary Beth first, I wanted to know 
everything about international investment and hospitality and she is full of knowledge but also super real so you guys she's one of ours you guys gonna enjoy this episode very much and she will be speaking about lifestyle investment because i don't know about you but i also want to enjoy the investments that i'm part of i want to go and and figure it out what's going on in the neighborhood so Mary Beth is going to be speaking at InvestorCon about lifestyle investment on hospitality and why we should think about what's going on in the hospitality business and using our investments. It's it's mind-blowing. I'm not going to blow it right here, any information, but it, it's a session that you guys cannot miss. That being said, Mary Beth, let's talk about international investment, but let's I'll let you take it from here because yeah, see my energy already. Like I'm already like go 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 go. <laughs> I was able to switch. There you go. There you go. So so Mary Beth, we'd like to kick things off um, with a simple question, but here here it is. What has been the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Oh gosh, there's a lot. I, how do I pick just one? Um, the lesson that's taken me the longest to learn. It probably, I would, I probably look at myself and say that um, my energy um, is not infinite. And it's very similar to what Andres was saying about how do you recharge? How do you um, put everything aside for the moment, even when you're feeling stressed that you've got to continue to hit the goal, um, get, get the list checked off for the day, take care of the kids, the pets, whatever it might be. But I think it's me recognizing that I have a certain limitation about how far I can keep going until I am completely maxed out. And it's taken me years to see that before um, I max out, to be able to anticipate it in advance. Uh, and I think it happens to a lot of women that are A-type overachievers, um, focus on creating value, whether it's in your professional relationship or your personal relationship. So for me, that's taken a long time to really understand where are my limits and stopping and recharging myself uh, before I hit that wall, because it's a lot easier to, uh, when you see the wall coming, uh, rather than waiting until you hit it and you're completely fried and you can't do um, anything good for anybody at that point. So long, long lesson there. Love that. Love it. So let's talk about international investment, right? Because a lot of women might be thinking right now as they are listening, what are you talking about? I, I, I like I can get out of my neighborhood or out of state and now you're talking about international uh, investment. They might, might see as like this far, far away or maybe impossible goal, goal to achieve. So how can we break it down and i'm not i don't want to simplify or, or minimize anything i, I don't want to make it seem to what it is not but for for the regular investor i don't know if there is a regular investor but an investor that is thinking about diversifying where they should get started if they would like to invest abroad what will be their their first three steps in terms of investing abroad? Yes, certainly. And then probably what I would start with, Andres, is, is sharing how I got started and what really 
what triggered me. So a few years ago, I mean, I've been investing in real estate for a couple decades now, both um, residential, multifamily, hospitality, hotels, portfolios, single assets, short-term rental, long-term rental, et cetera. Um, I started looking into investing overseas a few years ago when I was interested in, in pursuing a dual citizenship. For me, that is the catalyst that opened that door um, and made me really curious about what would it look like for me to take the skills that I've developed over the past couple of decades in the United States and transfer that over into a foreign country. So that was what really drove me, um, where I was able to um, invest in Portugal and through that investment be on the path for dual citizenship that allowed me to retain my U.S. citizenship, but also be um, uh, get a residential visa with Portugal on the path to getting a second passport with Portugal that got me access into the Schengen uh, region, which is basically 26 countries in Europe. So for me, that is what started it. And as I started developing relationships abroad and understanding investing abroad and whether it was legal relationships, banking relationships, uh, real estate brokerage relationships, et cetera, and, and looking at different markets, um, I really started to see the potential and the value of creating wealth globally, not just having it be in the U.S. because at, I was looking at the differences in currencies. Um, I was looking at the uh, the markets. Uh, you know, I I was focused in the U.S. on some markets that are very stabilized. But I was now exploring markets in Portugal that were very up and coming. And so it made me step back and see this bigger picture of that gr greater diversity of my investment dollar, not just being in the United States, but being in another country and how they balance each other out. Um, an example would be when I purchased a property in Evra, Portugal in October, you know, this is nothing more than than luck, and I'll take luck any day over anything. But I I happened to be closing on the property when the U.S. dollar was one of the you know strongest it's been in about 20, 30 years. So you know, I didn't go out to um, play with this currency exchange game, but it wound up working in my benefit. And now the euro has come up. And I've had a double boot, a bump up that's happened. So arbitraging is not something that is a skill set of mine. I wouldn't advise people just to jump in with that intention. But as you start to explore investing outside of the U.S., you start to expand skill sets and learn about different ways to positively impact your investment. Um, so the, the things that I would recommend uh, if for people to look at would be to think about a place in the world that they would enjoy going to on a regular basis. Um, look at the politics, look at the culture, uh, look at the ease of getting in. What is it about it that you really like? For me, Portugal was a no-brainer um, for many reasons. Um, it has a very long coastline. 
Um, so lots of beautiful beaches. Uh, the diversity of the country was incredible. Northern Portugal is very different than Southern Portugal and the coastline versus the interior. So I found that very fascinating. I like the fact that uh, Lisbon was only five hours from the Eastern Standard Time Zone. So as I travel back and forth, it's not that complicated for me to dial in and start working. And I'm not dealing with, um, you know, seven hours or more. Um, also too, uh, the affordability index and the lifestyle index were really desirable to me. I'm at a stage of my life where I really want my money to go as far as it can. Um, and having that balance um, in that lifestyle business that I focus on now where I'm not in a C-suite position with a team that I'm running going into an office every day, I really want to have this balance where I have downtime down and I have some hours set aside for productivity professionally um, in with what I do in my work, but there's a lot of personal MB time going in, much more in the past, so I gotta stretch my dollar. And then for me, uh, something that was really important was healthcare. Um, I looked at the, the stage of life that I'm in and the stage where I'm going and uh, looking for a country to invest in where healthcare was really, um, uh, uh, an asset or benefit to that investment um, was really interesting to me. Hmm. So I heard that people that speak Portuguese, they are like rock stars. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you can speak it, can't you? <laughs> well, I'm just, great. They're great people. They're that's a very, very complicated language. So I have to learn that too. I love, I love that. And there's so many pieces of, of the of the puzzle, because then it's like almost like the criteria to invest internationally is what I'm hearing. Like you have your own criteria, and then there's other other women that are listening to this right now saying, you know, what what's my criteria? Um, what are the mistakes in, in those pieces you just listed? What were some of the mistakes that you may have made, or that you recommend to people to you know these are rookie mistakes, right? When you're when you're investing in, in another country, what are those? mistakes that women listening can can hopefully avoid uh, as they embark on this this journey. Yeah, my biggest mistake is not doing it sooner, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I was um, I, a, fr uh, a part a friend and a partner of mine, we own some multifamily together. Uh, he told me about the Portugal Golden Visa program a number of years ago, and it fascinated me but I was so busy with my day job. I was so busy with what was right in front of me. I never lifted my lifted my head up to take a look. And it wasn't until a few years after um, that he made me aware of this incredible program that I started giving it some thought. I started spending some time researching it. I, I wish I hadn't waited that long. It, I mean, the growth, the appreciation of the markets, if I had purchased um, even three, four years earlier, would have been amazing. But what's done is done. So that would be one. Uh, the second probably is that I went into it with a number of investors all at the same time. Uh, and it made it more complicated for my personal process. I think probably what I would recommend to someone is do your own investment first and then do your investors next with you. Uh, having many people at the table, many voices, 
different concerns, different risk temperament made the process very, very slow. And it, 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 it was a difficult, it was difficult really picking and identifying the right opportunity. And we just burned up a lot of time. So I would probably recommend um, someone just really take care of their own needs first um, and then think about bringing their investors in in the second way, which is um, what I'm doing now with this current prop property. Um, and then if I could think of anything else, I, you know, I, I like to focus on positives. Uh, so one thing I would say that I, I think that I did, and, and I'm really glad I did, is I started building relationships very early, even before I got over to Portugal. Um, I would meet someone that knew somebody. I was fortunate that I know a lot of uh, people in real estate um, in the U.S. at a very, very high level that would um, do a very warm introduction to C-suite people in Europe and in Portugal. So I was able to get right into these people. Um, I started building a relationship way before I even got my first flight over to Portugal. And that was uh, something that I'm really glad I invested the time. It took a lot of time to do that, but it allowed me to establish these relationships when I finally did get there, meet with people in person. And it, it really kind of catapults you into uh, that um, that market um, or that professional group that much faster. So let's let's break down a little bit like Portugal market and, and more specifically the area that you're investing. Why you selected that that specific region? I selected Portugal because I wanted to have a, a second um, I wanted a EU citizenship. And I did a lot of research with the various countries uh, that offer dual citizenship with access to the EU and Portugal from my perspective, was the best choice. A um, couple of reasons why. It was the lowest amount of investment dollars and it was the fastest um, fastest uh, time frame to be able to get the dual citizenship. Some countries, it was twice the amount. Some countries, it was 10 years instead of five years. Mm. Um, and then last but not least, it, were, yeah, it, it was the country itself and the people. When I had narrowed it down to a couple countries, and then I went to Portugal and I met the people, I realized this is a place I could spend a lot of time. That they're just lovely. Where, where in Portugal is the property that you are development? So I have a number of investments in Portugal um, with a fund, um, and those are short-term rentals. And a lot of those are in Lisbon primarily. My own investment is in a city called Evra. Portugal, which is about 70 miles east of Lisbon. So it's about an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minute drive. You can drive there. You can take the train there. It's kind of the midway point between Lisbon and Madrid. Um, there's a high speed train that you can, that, that you, well, they're working on right now. It's not, it's not, but you can take the regular train as, um, and it takes a little bit longer. Um, Evera was founded by the Romans. Uh, the Moors also established the city. It's a historical city with a, a wall around it. It has a Roman temple. It has a, It's called the Museum City. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Mm. And it just won the European Capital of Culture for 2027, which is a real big coup for the city. I love it. It's, um, it's a place I discovered in 2022 
I love Lisbon. Uh, I always thought I wanted to live there. Maybe one day I still will, but I really um, have fallen in love with Ever, and I think I like this the slower pace of things. Not as many tourists. Um, cobblestone streets, really charming. Um, Alentejo is the region that Ever is based in, and Ever is the capital of the Alentejo region. Alentejo is known for its wines. It's one of the biggest production of cork trees that uh, create the corks for our wine bottles um, and olive oil. And it's just a stunning, stunning landscape. Can't go wrong with olive oil and wine, right? Not. <laughs> You're, I, mean, just, I can type for your Exactly. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's, that's helpful to get a sense of, and what, I, what I hear you talking about too is it's, you know, we always talk about like deal criteria and we ask, we'll ask women in our community what, you know, not just the deal, but the market, like, what are you looking for? And people get so focused on the property and what you've been explaining so much, uh, so eloquently. And so, um, you know, with a fine comb with how to, you know, really figure out the right market is it's the market, it's the area, it's the, there's so many pieces of it versus just the property. And so I think that's really great. It's really great advice for, you know, investing internationally or quite honestly in your backyard. Um, because you can't change those things, right? You can only participate them in them. So I love that. Um, just to think about like the the drawbacks, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of benefits to 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 this approach. And obviously, with the dual citizenship, and um, what are the what are the drawbacks? What are the things that you know from a, from you know investing internationally that women need to kind of think through, uh, whether it's more on the legal side or the banking side? Um, any other not drawbacks, but just what the, the, the roadblocks, I'll say. What are things that yeah. we need to be mindful of when embarking on this uh, particular strategy? It's complicated because you're dealing with a different country with a with different laws and, and regulations and rules, and there's just a lot to learn. So I would really suggest that that person that's exploring this be of that type of mindset, a learner, curious, um, not knowing what you don't know is the thing that can get you in trouble, which is why it's so important to develop those relationships with um, a proven um, service provider, a proven team with boots on the ground that really know the law, uh, accounting, um, debt, um, uh, what's going on politically. Yeah. Uh, so you know, what I had to do was I had to open up a new company in Lisbon, which is which is what I did. There was a lot of legal paperwork. Um, I had to make sure that I had um, a great team of lawyers that spoke English very well and that interpreted that Portuguese law, of course, um, the English version of the contract that I could understand. And um, we also had to make sure that we understood the right way to structure that company and be very mindful about the tax ramifications. Um, so for example, um, you know, in Portugal, they have amazing social services and uh, they offer free healthcare to all, all employees. Um, and I really had to understand how does that translate from an employer perspective for an associate when I'm underwriting my performa from my hotel? Um, it's very different in the U.S., so I had to have experts help me translate that, um, make sure my analyst was up to speed and understanding the different 
nuances of a performa in Portugal versus a performa in the United States because of all these little line items that are just different um, in asking a lot of questions and not taking on too much too soon over committing to getting something done because it's a labyrinth. You you discover one thing and then you go down a little bit deeper into a different path. And so for me, it was um, just really being clear that there was a lot to learn and really being sure I had the right people around me that were smarter at what they do and know to support my success, to have my back, um, because I have a fiduciary responsibility um, to my investors and to make sure I'm bringing the right team and, 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 and making sure I'm mitigating risk as much as possible. So I would not say jump into it. I would say take your time, build your relationships, maybe partner with somebody that's already established the business. I think that's always a great way to start. I will, you know, ask me the very beginning about something that took me a, a long time to learn. Um, I, I don't know if this, this, what I would like to share with you took me a long time, but I did realize that as I was evolving in my career and getting promoted and relying more and more on other team members, the value that other people bring, and that I really enjoy being part of a partnership. I really enjoy having other people, whether they're co-investors, what have you, be part of what we're doing, because I know that there are certain things that I feel very comfortable about my skill set, my ability. And then there are areas that I know aren't completely my strength. And if I can bring a partner in that really excels at that, um, I've got a partner with some multifamily that is a general contractor. So I originate the deals and help underwrite and put the thesis together and look at the design and the tenants. And he and his team do the renovation. So together we, you know, we mitigate risk. I would suggest the same thing for looking at investing in a, a foreign country. And that's what I did. My first investment was with a fund. It was meeting a very successful fund, getting to know the principals um, and really vetting them and getting to know the markets and the type of real estate investments through my fund investments. So I wasn't rushed to have to do it really, really quickly. Then that allowed me to keep exploring and building and getting my company put together when I was ready to do my own thing, but I still have that resource as well with that fund and all those, um, uh, the people that are part of that team. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled, but we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. 
You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So. That's great. That's great. Uh, I know a little bit about your your hotel, but I want you to share with with the ladies. I am like so excited about this hotel. Excited to go there when it's ready. <laughs> I I know you when you were going there. I think you was walk through with your contractor, and I was like, listen, I I can I fit in a luggage. Yeah, I take me with with you because that's my my jam. But but talk to me about your hotel project. Uh, and what is what is the the goal go with it, and why you are choosing to go that route? Sure. So, um, what Liz was talking about the mindfulness in approaching market feasibility is something that I put a lot of time and thought into. I targeted Evera way before I even got to Evera. It just had all the dynamics of a market that um, I thought had value creation opportunity. My specialty is value creation, it's added value. Um, I typically have invested and found opportunities that um, were underperforming, uh, whether it was operationally underperforming, um, wrong brand, wrong um, team, um, or it needed a big renovation or a combination of all of those. So that's kind of, that's been my background. So when I looked at, okay, I want to find a value add market, I realized from my perspective, it was not Porto and it was not Lisbon because those markets were just appreciating very, very fast. It's very difficult to find opportunities, really tough to find value add opportunities. There wasn't enough supply for the demand that's coming in. So I thought about the different interior uh, markets that I might want to pursue. Duro Valley is another one that I love, and I do have an off-market that I'm looking at right now there. Um, but Evera stuck out to me because it was the capital of the Alentejo region. It was an interior market, which meant for my thesis, which is a golden visa investment. So my investors come in, they invest um, in this property, and they um, get a golden visa through their investment. So I knew that I wanted to pick a market that had the lower amount 
than uh, where, what it might be in a different part of Portugal, which is a minimum of 500,000 euros. Mine for Evra was or is 280,000 euros. So it offered a lower investment amount. Um, I liked Evra because it was so close to Lisbon. There's talk about a new, two new airports going in that would only put Evra 30 minutes from the major international airport. Talk about a high-speed train going in. Um, make a multi-million dollar state-of-the-art hospital that is being built in Evra outside the city walls for the Alentejo area. It's going to have over 450 beds, bring tons of people into the area. Um, one of the top four universities, uh, the University of Evra, is in the city. Uh, strong um, leisure demand. During COVID, it was the one area that had the least amount of disruption for tourism and travel. And part of it is, is because uh, it offered accommodations with outdoor areas and more space. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's going away. Um, I think that people want balconies, people want patios, people want um, a bigger room. And I think COVID has changed that. And that's a little bit of a shift from my hospitality um, background and experience. I also knew that I could uh, look at a few different things. I could look at multifamily. I could look at um, short and long-term rental, and I could look at hospitality. I needed to find the right building and originate the right opportunity, and, and that building would speak to me about what the thesis would be because I've, I've done it all. So I had identified um, on the internet through some brokerage groups uh, a few properties that I wanted to explore when I went to Ever for the very first time. Uh, which was last June. And I went and I toured a number of properties. One property I really liked had been put under market, I mean, under contract, so it was no longer available. And then I found my property and I got to tour it. I was a little bit concerned when I first saw it because it's from the 1700s. Yeah. Uh, it is a 22-room noble house, um, beautiful U-shape, uh, right off the main square. Right. And no one had lived in it for about four or six years. How about the tiles? Uh, the tiles are gorgeous. Oh, McMarvel staircase, um, beautiful verandas, beautiful private courtyard. Uh, and But I looked at this property and went, oh my gosh, it, it is so historic. It is, it it really needs to be completely restored. Do, do I really want to do this? That's <laughs> <laughs> what I really want to do. But, you know, I was with my partner and was like, yeah, let's do this. I think this is this is beautiful. He's German, so we uh, he has a lot of background in um, old buildings. Um, they oh, nice. restore old buildings there. Um, I also, when I was looking at the market, when I was visiting, I met an amazing local architect um, who brought in an amazing local contractor. So immediately, I had this team that I was vetting and getting to know. Um, and those skills from the U.S. doing that with, you know, what, $1.3 billion of hotel and, and multifamily deals I've done, all those skills come with me when I'm vetting these two people, right? And their teams, they're great. They've been, uh, they've been great to be part of my team. So having them walking the building many times with them, looking at 
uh, what could be the issues, bringing on an engineer while we were under contract before I closed, because if we did find something major structural, I still wanted to be able to back out. There was a whole process to approaching this. But I saw this building and it had, could be divided into five apartments, but I felt like it was a hospitality project. I felt at looking at the comp set in the marketplace, nobody was really doing everything well. And I wanted to create an experience, a luxury small boutique experience right in the heart at with very high level service deliverables and have this hybrid between hospitality and short-term rentals where you can come in and you can um, you can rent a room and it feels like a lovely small boutique hotel, or you can bring investor and do a, a retreat with all of, uh, you know- with You your- guys know what I'm thinking, right? Everybody that is listening. Why don't we go? I'm thinking, right? And block the whole thing out. Um, so I just felt like there was a real market for something like that. And also to, it, it, you know, for me doing my first project in Portugal, um, I, I wanted to do it really well and I didn't want it to be too uh, encompassing. You know, I, I've worked on projects in the US that are 260 rooms, 260 key hotel, embassy suites, um, five or six hotels in a portfolio. But I didn't want to start off like this. I didn't want to be arrogant. I wanted to be humble and I wanted to be thoughtful and I wanted to take an opportunity that wasn't overwhelming and do it to the best of my ability and learn as much as I could with this small opportunity. From there, we'll see if I want to do bigger and, and more. I may, I may not. I may be like, this is great. This, you know, maybe I'll do another small boutique. Maybe I'll find something larger. But um, the building, to answer your question, your original question, the building spoke to me. Uh, the building told me it's it was a hospitality business. Um, it if we had done the apartments, we would have bifurcated this building and chopped up this building and not preserved its soul. And I, I just couldn't do that. I wanted to pre- I wanted to restore it and have people from the US, from Canada, from Germany, from Great Britain, wherever, come and experience what a true noble Alentejo ever a house would have been like from the 1700s, an authentic experience. There's, there's so many nuggets of what you just shared you know, and I want to. There, there's multiple. I want to. I want to pull out just two for the for everyone listening that I think is going to be really powerful. Um, you know, in a world that everyone says go big or don't go, right? D- go big yeah. or go home, or I don't know the phrase. I screw phrases yeah. up all the time. Yeah. You know, and especially in our world of investing, right? If you're not looking at a 200 unit apartment complex, you're nothing. It's not a good deal, or it is just very noisy in our world of of real estate. And you hear a lot, especially on a lot of podcasts. So I love that you said, I, I, you know, humble, thoughtful, and a small opportunity. I think that's so important, especially for the women listening, because that's where the confidence, I mean, two, 22 room manor, 1700 building, to me, it doesn't even sound small, <laughs> you know, but in terms of what you're saying of like, okay, where can I put my confidence in, build a team and really be thoughtful and mindful in this investing, not just about their end result, I think is 
Um, it's so strategic and it's so smart. And I think it could be used for whether you're you're investing internationally or locally. And I think so many times women want this like, you know, huge property or maybe that's something that they're going to get judged by or not judged by, but it's really about having success and building upon the success. It's like, you know, doing it, having a single, you know, in baseball, just get the single, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever the single is to you. And I think, I just love that. I wanted to say that. And the second thing you said was that you found the architect that was a rock star. And then, the, and then he, I think it was a he, introduced you to other rock stars that's right. yeah. and contractors. So I think that so often we, we look to build this like rock star team and we can get kind of overwhelmed, right? in building the team because we're like, oh my God, I got to find five people or six. You know, Andres and I, like I said, are, are working on a project, are going to be working on a project in Florida, knock on wood, very soon. We're really focused on that one rock star. And that's been that she's been identified by someone who we trust and respect. We know the team will get built. I have no doubt in that. So for us to worry about who the contractors make, who the hand, that's either here nor there. But if you don't have that one person, that's where you need to really build upon. And you could look at all of our experiences, right? That one person who we, um, value has other people they value. So I just thought that was a really great recommendation you said too that I wanted to pull out. Um and can I talk about one thing? Of course. Before I forget, when 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 you said Mary Beth that the 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 building spoke to you, right? Huh. I can totally identify with that. I had kitchens have spoken to me, walls have spoken to me, tables, chairs. And I think that we underestimate that. And like it, it, and it's this, 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 I can't explain, right? But this, this sense of, all right, this is what it's supposed to be or, or it's, it's as if it is a live type of deal, because I believe it is alive. The properties are alive, the colors, the shapes and, and the things. And I think that it's not on our, we're not thought to think about that. Yeah. And the more that we hear uh, us talking about it, um, then women are like, oh my gosh, you too. Or, or, or oh, I, I have felt that way about this property or, or that other property. And I think, I don't know, but this is, I think that's a women's uh, gift that, that um, it's under, you know, yeah, intuition is really important. And I was going to pick up what you said, Liz, about this pressure to be scale, 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 everything big. Uh, feeling that for so many years of my career, having goals established, exceeding those goals, those goals always getting bigger, <laughs> having many people at the table, having a thesis, seeing that thesis get watered down because of GP and LP voices that came in. I left my last role as a chief development officer of a privately owned hotel company because of that very thing. Mm. I wanted to have a project where I had a very clear voice about the direction and not have that get watered down. I got tired of the scale. It was never, it never stops. And, and, and we're, we're told that we can only make money, we can only add value, we can only create wealth unless we're doing it mega big. We're only successful unless we have multi-units in massive scale. I don't think so. I think there's a change going on. I think that's the risk of really failing. 
and getting really burnt out. You can make a lot of money by going small and doing a couple a year and doing them really well and really executing. Um, and not having as many fingers in the pot, as many voices at the table. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate you picking up on that because it was a real pivot for me and it was a, a very strategic intention to do it differently. And there have been times I've had to wrestle with that because it was not how I was programmed in my career. It was, you know, get the promotion, go up, go up, go up. And then meeting up with colleagues at hotel investment conferences, like, so what are you scaling? And I'm like, bigger is not best for me. Uh, it's not about being the biggest. Um, and that's something that is on my website. It's really about working with people I enjoy, having a lot of fun, growing, learning, uh, doing a, a great job uh, with executing with the team that we work with and making sure that um, we're we're um, delivering on on our promises to our investors. But uh, bigger is not not the only way. And I, and I think we've been sold that. And I, I would encourage people not to buy into that. <laughs> we have been sold. It. Yeah, we, we've totally been sold it, especially especially when it comes to doors and numbers. And, you know, it's it's. Yeah, I wrote down scaling is a lie. There's there's almost like a lie in it, right? Because it's a trap. But that's maybe yes. another 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 episode for for another another topic. But um, yeah, I I love that. I love that you're saying that, uh, Mary Beth, because more more it aligns more of living life on your own terms, which is what Andres and I stand so firmly upon, right? And um, and it's about making your investments work for you. And when we asked you why why Portugal why internationally invest you were very specific on what was going to work for you know you what was going to work for the project you know what was going to work for the market and all of that's important it's all kind of yeah. kind of got a match and i i love that kind of holistic approach right versus found a good deal <laughs> that's not what you said you know or and then that's what you hear people say all the time why did you choose that project in that area and they can't tell you really yeah. why you know and i think you did it um you did your spe how specific you were is how everyone should be when they're looking at projects, whether it's nationally or, or internationally. So uh, that was wonderful. Um, so excited about you speaking at InvestorCon. Uh, so we're excited to have you there coming up in May and uh, just so pumped about you speaking about lifestyle investing and jumping into more that we didn't get a chance to do here in this episode. Um, so without further ado, where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Follow along your journey before before we get you there live in, in uh, InvestorCon. So um, my website is amaracapitalgroup.com. So you can find me there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn under Mary Beth Cutshall. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at nbinit. Um, and I often post uh, my travels uh, going all over I'll be in Botswana next week for a yoga retreat, um, but I like to definitely tap into hospitality uh, and um, share the things that I love about the hotel business and the places I love to stay. So whether it's an interest in real estate in, in hotels or just travel and having fun, um, be sure to uh, connect and I'd love to love to meet everybody and look forward to the conference. Great. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. Mary Beth, the first one is, what's the most transformational book you ever read? 
Oh gosh. Um uh, Wolfpack by Abby Wambach. I think she's an amazing leader and I would highly recommend it. Second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to live a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? Uh, what? So I've always uh, bought property real estate that monetizes. Um, even my home has an apartment in it that is a short-term rental on Airbnb. My lake house um, is on Airbnb. So every property has to monetize. It can't just sit dormant um, where we're paying all the expenses. So I think that has really created some generated more wealth uh, through um, allowing allowing the property to pay for itself. Yeah, definitely. Last question. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? In which women? Women. There's so many. Oh, uh, gosh. RBG, yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, probably. Yeah, just, just a, a voice, a voice that um, was inspiring and intelligent, and yeah, there's but there's so many women, it's hard to pick one. Absolutely, I just I just listened to a uh, Live to Lead on Netflix, and she was the first one. Oh my gosh, that woman! Yeah, I'm glad she really made the decision to go for it and, and, and be who she was because she definitely um, allowed us to, for us to be doing what we're doing now. Right. That's right. Mary Beth, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. So excited to meet you in person, you know, and uh, thank you again for, for everything. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Look forward to seeing everyone at the conference. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.